Welcome to the Advanced Lacrosse Podcast, our first ever podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rotelli, founder and CEO of Advanced Lacrosse. And on this podcast, we're, we're going to talk to a lot of lacrosse guys. Some of them you've probably heard of before, others maybe not. Uh, talking about the stories and the people that make the sport so interesting. Uh, today we've got our first ever guest, very special guest, somebody I think you probably have heard of, Mikey Schlosser. Mikey, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for being on. This is going to be fun. So, you know, today we're talking to Mikey about what it's like being a pro lacrosse player, winning a world championship recently with the Denver Outlaws, and uh, and kind of where Mikey came from and all the ups and downs along the way. Um, Mikey, I want to start at the beginning, man. So, you know, you grew up in Davis, California, which, you know, I, at the time you were growing up, I mean, there really wasn't much lacrosse there, right? What was it like growing up in Davis and how did you get involved in lacrosse in the first place? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely an emerging area at the time, but, um, I first, first found out about the game. Uh, kind of at the towards the end of my sixth grade year, um, I can't remember exactly what happened. I think I think my mom heard about it somewhere, and at the time I wasn't playing any sports besides golf and doing a lot of fishing. I used to love, I still love fishing, but I, I used to do it every day, and uh, I used to play a lot of golf. And so she heard about it and was like, "Hey, you want to give it a shot?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And um, I went to a couple practices at the end of my sixth grade year, and honestly, I didn't really like it. I was <laughs> I was in, in terrible shape and it was really hard to catch that little ball and I also just didn't have a very good um athletic sense, you know. What? I I could cast a fishing rod really well, I could fly fish really well, but um yeah, passing and catching with a, with a lacrosse stick was very difficult. And so, you know, I went to a couple practices. I used to I used to occasionally play hooky so I could go go fishing. Um <laughs> And then as the off season came around and, you know, leading up to this, my seventh grade year, my mom was like, all right, so do you want to, you know, give lacrosse one more shot or just, just, uh, spend your time playing golf. And I decided to give it one more chance. And I decided to kind of, I don't really know what it was, but I applied myself a little bit more. And I also, you know, met some buddies that were playing that I used to, you know, go throw around with. And so going into the seventh grade year, you know, I was actually in better shape and then, I could pass and catch a little better, which made the game a lot more enjoyable. And I made a ton of friends on the team. That was the biggest thing that was the friends that I made, you know, at the end of that sixth grade year that were like, hey, man, give it a try. And so that made a big, big impact. And then seventh grade year really fell in love with it. And from then on, really just started to dedicate the majority of my time to playing. And, it, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't for any reason other than it was really fun. The game was so fun and enjoyable. I wanted to practice all the time. It, it was enjoyable to go to the wall and throw against the wall and to go shoot. And, uh, you know, some of those friends I made, we loved going out there and throwing around and just having a good time. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was cool to see. Cause you know, when I first started that year, there was, there was one club, there was one youth team and it was one U 15 team. And then it was really awesome to see. Cause by my senior high school, we had, 
you know, a U10 team, I think U2, U13 teams, a U15 team. There was just a ton of teams by the end. And so it was really cool to see, you know, how much people kind of took a liking to the sport in this area and started to invest more and more in it. Um, so it was just, it was awesome to see that and be a part of it. Yeah, that is really interesting. Well, a few things. First of all, I'm shocked to hear you say you didn't have any athletic sense and you were out of shape because I, you are one of the most athletic people I think I've ever met. So like, <laughs> how was that possible? Or like, how, how, how did you develop into more of an athlete starting at that younger age? And like, you know, when did it start to click for you? Um, do you remember the moment when like it was easier to pass and catch? Um, yeah, I think just in it's probably seventh grade, like even, even just the first game of seventh grade, I, I remember we, we got clobbered by, uh, by Oak Ridge. Josh Wellman was playing. He was a beast. <laughs> Josh. Yeah, we got clobbered, but I just remember in that game, you know, feeling a lot more confident running around the field and, you know, not missing every pass that came my way and <laughs> not throwing yeah. everyone's feet. <laughs> but, um, and that was, you know, that was cause, cause of, cause of those guys I met. Um, you know, that year before that we started throwing around with and it really got me a lot more interested in, in the game. Yeah, that's cool. You, and so as the sport grew, when, you, I mean, you were right on the front lines of the sport just kind of blowing up in Davis. And I think you're a big part of the reason why. Was it, you know, were you out there recruiting friends to play or like as the sport grew, as you went through middle school, what, what was the catalyst that helped it take off? Um, I mean, I, I guess going into eighth grade, I definitely invited some of my buddies to play. And I think, I think just a, a lot more people just started to, started to hear about it and decided to give it a chance, I yeah. think is a big, a big catalyst. And also like looking back, we had a, there was a group of guys, our eighth grade year that ended up playing all the way through senior high school. Um, and one other guy from that class, Rudy Bowman, he went on to play at Dominican, um, but that eighth grade group was pretty good, and we kind of all brought our friends into it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it was, a, it was a group effort with all those guys. And then especially in high school, I mean, there was a lot of – we had a lot of friends who who we kind of were like, hey, give it a shot. And we brought a bunch of friends out in high school that ended up playing – ended up playing on the varsity team and stuff. And so yeah. I think that all, that all probably helped. But it was definitely a big collective effort. Very cool. And you said your mom uh, got you started originally. Lydia, uh, your mom's got a very interesting story. Talk uh, now. She, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here. Now she, I know she was she uh, used to compete in Ironman competitions. And the story I always heard back in the day was that there was one Ironman that she was doing. And she like actually blew out her knee mid Ironman and still finished the race. And I think finished second is what, what is the, is that true? (laughs) Did that actually happen? Yeah. So, so yeah, she can, she did, she did triathlons and the granddaddy of them all is the Ironman world championship in, in Kona, Hawaii. And so, and she's, I think she competed in six of those. Oh my God. And so when we were, and this is all, it's age group wise. So she, I think it was the 45 to, to 50 something like during that age group, that's when she was competing. And, um, yeah, we used to always go to Hawaii every year, which was pretty awesome to something watch her that, compete. Like, did you, do you take something from her experience? Like as an athlete, like, does that give you more motivation to 
or like more confidence knowing that like, you know, you've, you've got gas in the tank because I, I picture you as like, you know, when you're playing lacrosse, you're out there like just running by guys, never getting tired. I feel like, you know, some of that's got to come from your mom a little bit. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it too. And the things that I think of is just when she, the things I remember the most were her training. So when, when we were in elementary school, you know, she would wake up at four or five in the morning, usually, yeah, usually around four in the morning and she'd go on a huge bike ride, a swim, even run, you know, every day she'd be doing something that early in the morning and she'd be completely done with it by the time it was time to wake us up and get us off to school. And then she would work all day. Um, and so I think it was, it was, you know, I, I always remembered her training and she would always, once I got into high school, I used to wake up with her in the morning occasionally and go work out. And so I think that just kind of helped build a sense of, you know, if you want to, if you want to succeed at the higher level, it's the added work ethic. Um, and just the dedication to getting up early in the morning and doing it, even though you have a full day ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Those, those are the things that I always took away. And I mean, she still does that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. That's so cool. So, all right, I want to move forward a little bit into, you know, sort of your recruiting like years. Cause I remember you, I met you when you're in eighth grade, you came to a lacrosse camp we were running and you stood out right away. And, and, you know, we've known each other ever since, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about your personal experience with the recruiting process and especially in a, in an area like Davis and, you know, sort of the ups and downs along the way. And, um, you know, obviously you ended up at a great school in Michigan, but I know it wasn't like, it was sort of, uh, it was a long road to get to Michigan. So tell us a little bit about, you know, sort of that journey for you. Yeah. Um, honestly, I really had, I had no idea about anything. I didn't really have much intention of, of college for the most part. Um, and then I can't remember, it was, I think it was ninth, it was ninth grade year. And I went to, a tryout for like the NorCal U15 national team. That's what it was called, I think. And um, went and tried out. Was kind of unsure what was what was going to happen. I knew there was a lot of there was a lot of good players that I ended up playing with for the next bunch of years with. But um, after the tryout, there was a pretty sure it was Doug Appleton. He reached out and was like, "Hey, are you guys doing any recruiting stuff?" And my mom and I were like, "What's that?" You know, <laughs> we had no idea. And then um, and so he. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was him. He like pulled some strings and got, got me into the California gold. <laughs> awesome. And, um, I ended up, I ended up rolling my ankle though. Um, what was it the day before? Cause there was the be the best camp the day before that I was already signed up for. And I went to it and I rolled my ankle at the end of it. And so I couldn't, I couldn't go to that first one. And then luckily I was able to kind of roll it over and attend the next year. And um, so but, what year was that? What grade were you in? That was 10th grade, but, okay. so, but before that happened, that's when I started playing with, um, with what team? I, I know with the NorCal Braves, and then also that was when Golden State yeah, first, the Titans. first began, the Titans, baby. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, from doing, we started doing that stuff, and then, you know, occasionally whenever there was like a showcase that was in the area and we were available to try to attend, so me and uh, my buddy Rudy – from Davis, we were the same year. We both went to a couple different different events, like the adrenaline ones, and um, 
you know, just any, we went to, I remember we went to high rollers, I think our sophomore year in the fall, but that's when we started attending stuff like that. And yeah, it was interesting. Cause I didn't, I really, I truly had no idea what, I guess what, what the potential was for, for what universities would be interested, what level, what division and stuff. Um, and so we were attending those events and then we started in the, you know, we started playing on the golden state team a lot. And also we, we were playing on NorCal Braves team. And then I think around my sophomore year, thanks to a couple of connections with coaches, I knew they, uh, set me up with some, with some calls to talk to a few universities and, so I ended up starting, you know, and back then you could, you were allowed to call the coaches, um, even though you weren't really allowed to talk to them. But if I, if you called them, it was okay. Yeah. And so I remember just calling a few schools and, you know, learning a lot of good life lessons in terms of how to communicate with, with adults. Yeah. I made, made some good mistakes early on just <laughs> talking to coaches. What was uh, the, what's a mistake that stands out? Who were you talking to? So one of one, there was a guy in Davis who somehow who had a connection with Notre Dame. Yeah, and so I called uh, Coach Byrne at Notre Dame, the D coordinator. Yeah, Jerry Byrne. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I called him by his first name, and he hung up on me and told <laughs> me to call him back. And That's awesome. From then on, I was scarred to really call any coach, and so it was, it was an absolute chore for the next couple of years trying to call coaches. Um. Cause I was terrified. So that was fun. That was funny. I remember Jerry Byrne. Um, cause I talked to Jerry Byrne about you. He reached out. They were super interested. And I remember, I'll never forget this. He, he's like, I saw Mikey's highlight reel and he looks like the greatest player of all time, but I can't tell, like, is he playing against cardboard cutouts? It looks like no, but the people he's playing against like aren't moving. So I, I, I'll never forget that. He just, I remember him being blown away, but he just couldn't tell, like, is Mikey playing against kids that are good enough? Um, and obviously, obviously you were, but so it didn't work out at Notre Dame. How, how did, how, how'd you get connected to Michigan and ultimately make the decision to go there? Um, well, it was funny. So my, I was talking to a bunch of, a couple of different schools my sophomore year, calling them. And I had a lot of schools that, you know, displayed a lot of interest and said, you know, once the time comes around, we'd love to love to have you and love to commit you and all and all kinds of stuff like that. I was hearing a lot of that. And so I was like, oh, man, maybe this will actually be a possibility. And then come September 1st of junior year, when they're allowed to reach out, I really didn't receive anything. Um, you know, there's a lot the schools that I that I was talking to, none of them reached out. Um, and then I think the only, the only the one school that I had an offer from barring, you know, my grades and all the things that are required was Air Force. Um, and I did visit there kind of just to check it out. And honestly, it was a really cool experience, but I uh, realized that path wasn't for me. And then kind of out of the woodworks, didn't really have any, didn't have any connections with Michigan, but out of the woodworks, um, my, like uh, a little bit into my junior year, uh, Michigan reached out about a kind of like a junior day recruiting event. And it was a very generic email, and so I didn't think anything of it. And then, actually, my mom was kind of like, "Oh man, Michigan's awesome. You should, you know, you should we should check it out." And so we kind of look in, looked into it, and we ended up, you know, getting a plane ticket and going there for this junior day. And it was funny because you know I knew nothing about it. And right when we got on campus and we were just walking around, it was, 
you know, I immediately kind of fell in love with the campus before anything and just seeing how everyone there cared so much about the university and everyone was so excited about Michigan. I loved it. Um, but once again, I had, I didn't really know, I didn't know any of the coaches. I hadn't really talked to any of them. Um, didn't know if they had any interest and then they took us on a tour and stuff. And on, I think on Sunday of the weekend, we went out and scrimmaged and played for a couple hours and, uh, had a blast playing. It was fun running around. We were in Oosterbaan, the indoor field house, uh, had a ton of fun. And once again, still didn't really know anything. And then after the scrimmage, one of the coaches came up to me and was just, um, he was very blunt. He's like, yeah, you know, we want to offer you a spot here. And I was like, Holy smokes. I was like, I, I had absolutely, I had no idea it was coming. Um, I was like, all right, I'll, uh, that sounds awesome. I'll, I'll get back to you. And then we came home, uh, that evening. And then the next day I, or right when we got home, actually the next day in the morning, I called him and I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> it was a pretty, it was a pretty easy, quick decision. Um, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel it was very, very fortunate. Yeah. So is there one piece, is there, is there, what would be one piece of advice you would share with, you know, players and parents, you know, coming through the process right now, you know, if they're, you know, through all, uh, through your whole journey and experience, like what, what would you, what advice would you give people who are just sort of getting started in that whole process? Um, I, you know, the biggest thing, obviously, you know, having, having, I guess, film and stuff is very helpful. And then also just, you know, how you communicate and how you act. I think a lot of kids, I think a lot of kids understand it, but, you know, coaches really are looking for, you know, looking at what players do during warmups, looking at what they do when they make a bad play on the field, looking at what they do when someone else scores on the field, you know, how they're, how they're acting in all those scenarios. So, you know, because coaches really want the complete package of someone who's going to be a good teammate and, you know, want to help out. And then I think the biggest thing, and this is like from, this is from personal experience is just, you know, never get too high or never get too low. Cause I remember thinking my sophomore year, I was like, Oh man, I'm talking to all these schools. I'm probably going to have all these options. And then, you know, my like kind of end of my sophomore year and early junior, year, I went through a little patch where I really was just playing bad lacrosse. I was, there was a, there was a couple of different reasons. I went to a couple of events and I was either kind of hurt a little bit or just, you know, for whatever reason had a bad showing and a lot of schools dropped, you know, just hundred percent stopped recruiting me because they saw me in a couple events and were like, Oh man, this kid can't play. And then, and so honestly there was a point there where I was like, Oh, I guess I'm not doing, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. My junior, I thought I was, I thought it was over. And, uh, and then it was funny because the Michigan thing really came out of the blue and it was amazing how, you know, after talking to them and ended up ending up committing there, it helped so much confidence in my game. And then I feel like I started playing, at a lot higher of a level. Cause I was, so, I think I was a little nervous at times, just, yeah. you know, and I was just a kid still figuring things out. It's so hard. They, there's so much pressure put on, you know, younger kids to perform at certain events cause they know their coach, their future coach could be watching for two minutes, but it's sometimes a coach will come to your worst two minutes of a game and then miss, you know, your next 10 best minutes. Yeah. Well, I think that's really great advice too. the pointing out the fact that it is so much about it's the little things that the coaches want. The athleticism will jump off the field, but it's how you react to your teammates success and how you do 
the little things on the field that really separate people at the end of the day. And sometimes you never know if they are watching. So you just, you got to do that stuff all the time. And, uh, well, you, you did it better than anybody. And so you get to Michigan, you're playing college lacrosse. Um, you end up being a two-time captain at Michigan, their first ever two-time captain. So, Obviously, your ability to like lead and be a great teammate was recognized by your team. What I'm interested in is like you're going into Michigan, you have some expectations of what it's going to be like to play college lacrosse. What, you know, what's something you thought you knew or you expected college lacrosse to be like that you learned later um, you were wrong about or that it ended up being different than you expected? Um, Honestly, I don't, I don't really know how many expectations I had. I was going there. I was, you know, I feel like people gave me advice on things, but at the same time, I didn't really, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew it was going to be a lot of work. Um, and I knew we were, you know, we practiced a lot and, you know, strength and conditioning and fitness wise, it was going to be very difficult. I don't like, I remember we had this run test and the rule was when I got there, it was, you know, if you can't pass a certain amount of this run test, you can't practice at all. So I remember being really nervous for that. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the summer going in, making sure I was in the best shape I could be to pass this run test. Um, but I honestly, yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was kind of just flying into it and I was just excited. And, you know, I had met some of my guys in the class and became good friends with them before I got to school. And so I was excited to go there and be able to hang out with all these new people and just excited to kind of see what it's all about playing against the best yeah yeah so what what what's what was the most memorable experience you you had playing at michigan um i would you know there's definitely i would say there's 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 a couple different ones i think i would probably say the most memorable was our senior year when we when we beat penn yeah at the time it was the best win we'd ever had and it was at home and it was cool it was it was just a pretty unreal experience because i feel like you know, we'd been working very hard for four years and hadn't really had a chance to get kind of a higher level win. So, Mikey, I have known you a long time, but I think the lacrosse world got to know you when you were a junior, I want to say. And somebody posted a picture of you with your amazing long mullet. And the legend of Mikey Schlosser's hair started running wild around the internet. Uh, did you grow that on purpose? Or was that just a look that you felt like, you know, hey, I kind of like the way my hair looks right now. I'm going to let it keep going because I feel like that just like sort of sent you into the lacrosse uh, world. Like, and it was everybody now I think has seen those pictures to what, when exactly did that happen? Um, I, when I was growing up, I had long hair most of the time when I was younger, I always had long hair. Uh, I think my dad used to always have it too. Um, uh, and then I would just occasionally cut it all off and then let it all grow back. And I remember my freshman year, it was short and then it started growing out. And my roommate and I, this guy, Brian Archer, we were just like, one day, I think I can't remember exactly how it came up, but uh, he was like, I think we were just like, yeah, let's let's cut up a mullet because I think he was gonna cut one up too, and yeah, he he cut me one up, and we just kind of, <laughs> I don't know, honestly, from from then on, I don't think, well, I haven't I haven't paid for a haircut since 
I think, uh, high school. So it was just from then on, just started kind of cutting it myself and trimming it. And I don't know, it really depends. I don't know. It's, it's funny. I think it's, I think it's funny that people are so interested in it. You know, it's just, I think it's, it's just, funny too. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's just long hair and it's me saving money by not going to the barber. Yeah. Um, and it also helps you. I mean, it makes you completely stand out on the field. You know, it's like you see this guy running down the field with a rooster tail because his hair is <laughs> flying up. Uh, like, and you just. I mean, and I love that you just do it just because. Yeah, you 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 like it. Uh, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's just awesome. Um, all right, I want to. I wanted to now talk about you playing pro lacrosse because. Uh, just recently, about three weeks ago now, you won a world championship playing for the Denver Outlaws. Uh, you started playing pro lacrosse two years ago, right after you graduated Michigan, you were drafted. But for those that don't know, when you when you go from college to the MLL, you sort of join the team four games into the season. So it's really hard to get onto the field or to get onto the game day roster. And, you know, I think you finally dressed for a game in one of their final games in your first year. And then last year you're able to, you know, go to training camp, make the roster and over time just become more and more a part of that team. And you ended up with two goals in the championship game playing on the first midfield. But tell us about that whole process. Like, you know, getting drafted to playing pro, like kind of breaking through and then what it was like to win a world championship. Um, yeah, it was definitely, it was a long process. Um, honestly. So going into, you know, once, once our senior year ended and the draft came around, I'd, I didn't, I had no idea whether or not I was going to get picked up or not. And honestly, I didn't really think I was. And a big reason was in college, my, my junior college was probably the worst season I ever played of lacrosse in my life. Um, even worse than my seventh grade year. It was just, I don't know what it was. I think I, I was, I was trying too hard in a lot of senses and I was trying to do too many things and I wasn't, wasn't really playing the way that I normally play my junior year. And it was, it was, you know, one of the worst seasons I ended up, you know, getting benched a lot of the time and, you know, and I had a different pressures on me that I wasn't able to, wasn't able to figure out at the time. And so going into senior year of high school, I had, I had, had an okay season. It was statistically wise. It was okay. Um, so I wasn't sure if anyone was going to pick me up and then I got picked up in one of the later rounds. Um, and it's funny because I got picked up and you know never heard anything from them. Just I actually saw it from an Instagram post that Advance posted. <laughs> Somebody sent it to me. We're um, good like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Quick, quick on the trigger. And so I was, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, cool. My brother and I were working in the garage at the time, and I was like, oh, right on. And then, um, yeah, it was the last game of the season. They had they had a really they've had a really good you know really good team for the last six years, seven years. I mean, really for their whole existence, but. Um, they had already clinched the playoffs. And so like, I got a call from Tony Seaman, who's the general manager. And he was like, Hey, you good to play next week? And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I was, you know, definitely out of shape. I had been, you know, on the post post-college relaxation train, uh, you know, not taking care of my body. And so I spent, spent a week just trying really hard to, to get back into good shape and I was pretty nervous but I went out there and had a blast it was really I mean feel very fortunate with the staff that we have there 
you know, all the coaches are awesome. Um, I loved it when he, when he called me, he was like, I was like, yeah, I'm good to go. And he was like, all right, cool. Run fast and shoot the ball. And I was like, all right, cool. I can do that. <laughs> I just, it was nice to, it was nice to be simple. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that style of coaching, uh, since I was coached by the great Chris Rotelli. <laughs> and so it was nice to, it was nice to keep things simple. Um, so I got there and I was pretty nervous, but I actually, my flight going in got delayed. And so I missed practice the night before and showed up for, um, the walkthrough the day of, and I was like trying to get to know everybody. And, you know, there's a couple guys that I had kind of known before or, or heard of. And so it was easy to, you know, start chatting and getting to know people. Um, and yeah, and then we, we played that night and it was, it really was a ton of fun. It was awesome. I felt especially with with the players that we had on the team it makes it makes playing in a game like that in your first game you know less daunting because you know you have all these great players around you and they're everyone's very supportive in terms of talking you through what to do and you know if you make a mistake it's all good make the next play yeah and so i got a great first taste of it in that game from those guys and so and then i i guess i was fortunate enough to be kept on the roster for i guess going into training camp the next year uh, and then, yeah, this past year, got to go to training camp and uh, really had a blast because it was fun. The, the most fun part for me was just to get to know all those guys that I didn't really get to know, you know, the year before. And so got to spend spend two and a half weekends getting to know everybody and playing with everybody and learning more, just learning more things about the game. Um, and, yeah, and then the season was a real was a real roller coaster. We started off. Uh, we lost our first two games and then picked up our first win and we were, we were one and two, we had some momentum going and then we got blown out the next game. <laughs> uh, and so we were, we were one, one and three in a tough spot. And, um, and then, I mean, thank, you know, thankfully we had our team, I think had, you know, one of the best locker rooms in the league easily. Um, we had some incredible leadership by a lot of veteran players. And I remember hearing a lot of good things, even though we were one and three, a couple guys were saying things like, you know, this isn't rock bottom, but it has to be today. Yeah. Uh, that's, From now on, we're going. Um, that's cool. And then, Who were those guys? I feel like John, I know John Grant Jr. is one of the coaches. He's, he's probably one of the best players and teammates to, to, to play the game. I got to imagine he was sort of leading the charge on some of that team culture stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely was. But I mean, uh, like Matt Bocklet, Eric Law, Drew Snyder, uh, those were our three captains. And then awesome. Really. And like, you know, we also had Michael Simon, another veteran, Jack Kelly was our goalie. He was always, you know, a good voice and really just really all of those guys just, there's so much, there was so much confidence. I, I think, and I'm pretty sure this is when we were one, we were one and four actually. Yeah. There was so much confidence between those guys. It, like, even though we had just lost the game, I st- I don't know. It, it didn't feel like we, it didn't feel like that, that was going to happen very much more. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so yeah, those guys were always there speaking up and, and then once we were one and four, we really started to get it together. Um, offensively, we started to click a lot better defensive our defense really clamped down. I mean, we, uh, we ended up winning six straight and, and we won a couple of those games by pretty decisive margins. Um, you know, cause we had the best, we had the best goal in the world and, you know, a defensive unit that worked together, 
um, in a way that I've never, never really seen a defense work together. It was pretty, pretty unbelievable to watch. And then offensively, it was just, there was so much positive energy all the time. There was always so much confidence going through all of us. Even if we made a bad play, no one was worried because we knew we were going to make the next good one. And, you know, that comes through, through all those older guys who had been there before and were just confident in the crew that we had. And so, yeah, that's such a yeah, that's so cool. It sounds like a, it's such such a special team. It reminds me of the fra- a phrase that I love. You win in the locker room first. And it, it sounds like that was the case with you guys, too. Just amazing culture. I always feel like, you know, culture and ke- team chemistry is really that X factor that people talk about when they they like the it that makes teams different. Uh, I, I think that's what it is. It sounds like that's what you guys have too, which is yeah. awesome. And I know you're, you're going back next year and you're going to play uh, indoor lacrosse. You got drafted by the, the new, the San Diego expansion NLL team. So when's that all kick off? Um, it starts, it gets rolling uh, in October, I believe. So very cool. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um, I, I played box across one time. That was when the Golden State Titans faced off against against Calilax, and we Calilax. lost. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was, and we we all showed up with our outdoor gear, with and our, our tiny, tiny arm pads, and got cross checked into oblivion. Yeah. Yep, got beat up a bunch. It was uh, that was, it was quite an experience. So it was painful. I'm excited to give it a whirl and uh, yeah, see if I can help out at all. So, and I'm sure you can, man. So. What so now you are a professional lacrosse guy, and I say lacrosse guy because being a pro lacrosse player is different than being a pro basketball player, football player. Like, tell everybody, I mean, how are you piecing it together? I know there's a bunch of different things that you're doing. Um, yeah, there, there's it, it really is, it's kind of like a puzzle piecing it all together. Um, you know, luckily, from really from the time I was a senior in high school or even a junior, I think I started helping to coach, uh, with the advanced program. And so from then on, I have always coached, uh, various different advanced teams and camps. And so that has offered a great avenue of employment. Um, and then on top of that, I do, you know, I do some, some, some training for anyone who reaches out. And then I also work at, um, the lacrosse fanatic store in Sacramento yeah. It's a, a store that's been there for a while, but they're under new ownership and they've really taken the, the place to a next level. And it's a pretty awesome experience now, awesome. you know, to, to go there and to go there and play. They got an indoor turf facility and it's, it's awesome. Um, and I also work for my dad who's a carpenter. He makes custom cabinets, custom furniture, really anything. And so, you know, whenever I'm not at the store or coaching, I'm usually out there trying to help him out in any way and trying to learn whatever I can learn. Um, what else? And I also, I'm also working with uh, true. So true temper. It's a golf shaft company and they just got it all across a couple years ago. And so I've been working with them, helping out in various different ways. And yeah, it's been, you know, it's been, it honestly, for me, it's, it's a lot of fun just cause like, I, I love I love doing different things all the time. I love being able to do something kind of new and different every day. And so it's fun to just throw all these little things together. I mean, even last year I was a I was a yard duty at an elementary school for half the year, which was awesome because I just got to go and play sports, play recess with a bunch of kids, which was 
which is basically the dream job. Awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. man. That is so great. So you're loving life right now. You're going to keep doing this for the next foreseeable future. Do you have? Yeah. 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 No, I definitely, I definitely want to stay involved in the game. I mean, it's, it's funny how you put so much time into it and you spend so much time practicing and, you know, having to do all the workout stuff, but it's amazing how much it, it just makes you enjoy it even more. I mean, coming off basically, you know, being able to experience the championship and be a part of such a great team and, and really win something was, I mean, it's definitely one of the coolest experiences of my life. And for the last two weeks, I was kind of just soaking it all in and enjoying it. And then, you know, yesterday I was kind of like, all right, back to reality a little bit. And so started working out again and trying to get ready for the next, for the next endeavor now. That's awesome. Do you want to, you going to keep playing pro lacrosse you think for the neck as long as you can? Yeah, I, I think so. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine trying to do anything else. Uh, I definitely, you know, it's a cool, it's, a, it's definitely a very, it's a very fortunate experience, you know, having, having the chance to, to give it a try. And so I think I'm going to, as long as I have a chance to try it out, I think I'm going to try and do it. That's awesome. Well, you definitely, you clearly keep getting better and better and not every, not everybody does. And so your willingness to, to work and be a great teammate, I mean, you're, you're going to be able to do this as long as you want, in my opinion. Well, well, Mikey, thank you so much for being on our first ever advanced lacrosse podcast. Um, and thanks everybody for listening. Um, we're going to wrap it up now, but, uh, we will see on the next one. Mikey, thanks again, man. Love you, buddy. We'll talk yeah, to you soon. You. Sounds good, coach. Love you too. All, All right, right see you.